So the first reading today is from John chapter 10, verse 10, and it says, The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Matthew 6, 19-21 says, Don't store up treasures here on earth, where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. And verse 24 says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Exodus 20 verse 3 says, You must not have any God but me. In Proverbs 27 verse 9 the heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. Amen. Thanks, Sue. I'm pleased I didn't forget you. <laughs> right, it's your turn, pal. Up with that sign. <clears throat> so we're going to look at four areas that have significant influence in our lives. And behind all this, keep in mind the question... Who is your captain? We saw two captains in action today. We saw their teams following them, being pulled in a certain direction. So keep those principles, those things in mind. Work. <clears throat> That's an area of significant influence in our lives. Would someone like to come up in here and I'd like to interview you about your first job? Is anyone willing? Anyone would come up and I'd like... Ray. Ray, what was your first job? Milking cows. Yep. How many? Two. Two. <laughs> How long did it take you? Well, I had to be finished in time to go to school. So oh. <laughs> did uh, you get paid? No. Oh. I worked for Dad. Yeah. And what, uh, how did it make you feel having that job? What sort of things did you think about? Well, there's a lot of things I learned. Is, um, I learned that when you took the milk around, if you watered it down a little bit, that the people knew. <laughs> it's not like the milk you get today. But we learnt to, that every morning the cows had to be milked in time to get to school right. and every evening for when you were least feeling like it you had to get out and milk those jolly cows. Yep. That was similar to when I was growing up. I had to help my dad milk the cows too and about six o'clock in the morning for a while before I went to school. Is anyone here aged eight? Yep, one lad over there. Someone who was eight? Yeah, when I was eight, I used to help, to help my dad milk his cows, and he had a hundred cows. 
But I got paid. I got paid that much. Do you know how much that is? Can, no, it's well. It's today's. Um, it's in dollars and it's a ten cent coin. I got ten cents, and I was one of six children. And we would put our name on the calendar when we helped Dad milk the cows. And school holiday times, we would count up all our numbers on the calendar, and Dad had to pay up. And that was always good. Work is spoken about a lot in the Bible. There were many different skills. Carpenters, fishermen, people who were servants, tent makers, all sorts of construction workers. They built temples. There were people that crafted amazingly detailed things with gold, silver and bronze. That list could go on. Do any of you kids have jobs you have to do at home? Quite a few of you? Good. What sort of jobs do you have to do? Bethany. Empty the dishwasher. Good on you. Yes, down the back, what sort of job do you have to do at home? Washing. Good on you. Archie. Archie does the lawns. Good. Couple more. Pun? Recycling. Yeah? Well done. Yes, you lass with the hat on. Washing? Good. There's a couple more there wanting to say yes. What job do you have to do at home? The dishes? Um, Ariella? Shalom Hope, one of the two. The dishwasher? Good. That's great to hear because one down the back. Yes, what do you do? Feed the dog? Good. So there's, um, there's things we do at home and kids, that's a learning curve for you. It's learning to listen, learning to follow instructions, learning to be obedient because further down the track you might have a job working for someone outside of your family and you will need to listen to instructions, follow them and do the job. You also may hear God's voice and God may call you to do something. You may listen to him and need to follow his instructions. So it's a learning time. And when kids can learn young to follow instructions and do a job, there's a much greater chance of them listening to God and following his instructions. There's work that stays. I, I work with concrete and I built quite a lot of things and most of those things are still there. I could travel around Northland and take my grandchildren there and say, the old boy built this and it'll be still there. There's a lot of work that is done that disappears really quick. You mothers, you cook a meal, it's gone. Next day, do it all again. Care for your children. Do the things one day, do it the next. But it's also an area of significant influence, isn't it? It's not just work. It's a special role. So there's a variety in work. What about God's work? 
God's work in us. In John 6, 29, talks, there's a passage there that there were crowds that were... were <coughs> excuse me. Crowds that were following Jesus and were after something. He fed them with a miracle. And he questioned their motives and their thoughts. And he said... They asked Jesus, what does God want us to do? Because he was challenging them. He said, oh, you're coming for the free food. What does God want us to do? And Jesus told them, this is what God wants you to do. Believe in the one he has sent. So that's God's work in us. I cannot choose to believe for Stephen. That has to be Stephen's journey. Any of you children... Your parents cannot choose to believe for you. That's God's work in you, giving you understanding of his love for you and what he did on the cross for you so that you can choose to believe also. That's God's work in us. It's the divine work of God. It's something that only he does. We may be part of the process for someone else believing, but in the end, it is that person's choice of their understanding with God. The work of God through us, thanks, um, Charlotte. The work of God through us. In Mark 16, there's the Great Commission that commands God's people to go into all the world and spread the gospel, cast out demons, raise the dead, heal the sick. Where do we fit in with that? Through the church. In Matthew 16, verse 18, it says, Now I say to you that, are, that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. That is the church of God. Today, is the church of God strong or is it weak? I've seen coverage this last week of Muslims declaring Allah in cathedrals in France. That's pretty scary. That's changing the tone of those places because when they declare Allah in a church, it becomes a mosque. I declare Jesus to be the captain of this church. Are you with me? In Acts 1 verse 8, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power and will tell people everywhere about me, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Does the church carry power? John 10, verse 10, and Ephesians 2, 10. That's God's work in a nutshell, those verses that Sue read. He created us to thrive. He gives us life in all its fullness. And that doesn't mean we have everything we want. It means that we know for sure that our sins are forgiven. That's what abundant life is. It's an area of significant influence. Is Jesus the captain of our work? Thanks, Archie. Can we have another young person to hold up the next one, please? Bethany, it's a family affair. No, he's, uh, that's right, no, he's from a different family. 
Come on, Beth, they were sitting in the same row and I got confused. I better be, I better be careful. It's the church family. Bethany, can you pick up number two, please? And hold it up. What's this one? Money. Money. An area of significant influence in our lives. Remember the verses that Sue read con- concerning money? The pursuit of money can become number one, an obsession. You may say, I don't have enough of it to be a problem. Are you thankful for what you do have? God requires us to be good stewards of what we do have. I've just been buying and uh, selling and then buying some more cattle just recently and I prayed that week, Lord, give me wisdom as I sell and as I buy younger ones again because I could get it wrong and I needed God's help. So I've got a new lot of young cattle that I welcome home to my patch and I say to them, I'll do my best to make life good for you while you're with me. God bless you. So away they go. They seem pretty happy at the moment. Dear God, please send us some rain in the days ahead. Generosity. Giving to bless, not just handouts. Constant handouts don't necessarily solve a problem. They can create a dependency. Sometimes it's better to find a way to help people stand on their own two feet, manage what they do have. An example of generosity, when we were building our home, I had an uncle drive through one time and stayed a night or two and shortly afterwards I get a phone call from him. He said, Kevin, I want to give you some, lend you some money interest-free to help finish your house. And we thought, oh, this is a bit awkward. Well, how do we pay it back? Anyway, we humbly and gratefully accepted half of what he was offering and, and put things in place to, to pay him back and got a portion of it paid back and then I get a letter in the mail and it says, uh, Kevin, forget about the rest. God's blessed me. I want to bless you. Generosity in families. The goodness of God is not to hoard. It's to flow. Kids, if you have pocket money, your parents will no doubt try and train you how to use it carefully. It's a good thing to learn. When, we, when I was young, we had to buy all our own push bikes and we didn't get bikes for Christmas. We helped milk the cows and do jobs and we earned that money and bought them ourselves. We bought our own fishing rods. They started off from basic pieces of bamboo with hose clips and fairly elementary. And then we progressed to a Rangoon cane. It was a nice piece of finer cane from a sports store. Then we progressed to fiberglass and as we earned a bit more, but we learnt to value what we had because we had earned the money to buy it. Is Jesus the captain of our resources? Thanks, Bethany. Who would like to help me next? Yes. Just put it down on the floor there, Bethany. Thank you. What's your name? Becky. Becky. Would you like to hold up number three, please, Becky? What's this one? What does that one look like? Shiloh and I are laughing because they know I've still got a $29 phone that kind of looks like that and it's not like your smartphone. It's probably classed as a dumb phone today. And I can handle their laughing. My wife's laughing too. 
Yeah, you, can, you can all laugh. It works. I can make a phone call and send a text. I can even take a photo of a wild deer. We should, you know, it does, it does do some things. <clears throat> I don't get any rubbish from the government on it. <clears throat> Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. Have no other gods beside me. Have these things become more important to us than God? Who is the captain of our devices? Are we able to manage them for good without being consumed and controlled? We heard a Negro speaker at church with our son Dion in Wellington one day and he was talking about Facebook and he was challenging the people, how much time do you spend on Facebook compared to how much time you have your face in the book? You know what he was saying? You understand? He was challenging people, how much time do you spend reading God's word compared to technology and social media? A fruit of the spirit is self-control, but they can be used for good. Family connections, sharing photos of life. We have a family over in California now and we can actually see them and talk to them at the same time. Not too many years ago, we wouldn't have been able to do that. We get photos of the ruggedness of Fiordan from our son Dion when he's out in the bush, when he's out in the mountains. We might get a picture of a sunset from the Mueller hut. We can share good things. We can share words of encouragement or compassion. Devices can be an area of significant influence in our lives. Incredible technology at our fingertips. Thanks, um, Becky. Who would like to help me with number four? Yes, there's a hand up right down the back by the wall. Yep, you were the first with your hand up. Number four, and what's your name? Caleb. Caleb. Good work, Caleb. What's that one? Friends. Friends. Can anyone remember the verse that talked about friendship that Sue read? It was from Proverbs 27 verse 9. The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. I kind of find some other things more sweet than sweeter than perfume and incense like burning rubber or <laughs> gunpowder. People have different things that they like to sniff and smell and that are pleasant to them, but there's, there's a meaning in that verse. The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. Another significant area of influence in our lives. Friendship is talked a lot about in the Bible. Abraham was called a friend of God in Second Chronicles 20 verse 17 and again in Isaiah 41 verse 8. In Mark chapter 2, there's a story of four very loyal friends who carried their paralysed mate on a mat to Jesus. And what did they do when they got there and the house was full and they couldn't get to him? Does any of your children know what the guys did when they carried their mate? Yes, Archie. They put holes in the roof. Yep, they did. Good work. They were loyal. They were determined. They were resilient in their friendship and their compassion towards their paralysed mate. The depth of friendship was intense. 
Jonathan and David were good friends. It was sealed by gifts of clothing, a sword, a bow and a belt from Jonathan to David. Jesus and Lazarus in John 11 verse 11. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. That was the words of Jesus about his friend Lazarus. There's depth in each of those cases of friendship. Is there some young person here would become happy to come and I'd like to interview about interview you about a special friend you have. Is anyone willing to come and just tell about a special friend you have? You've already done a job, Becky. So have you, Bethany. Is there anyone else? Yes, you with the hat on. Are you happy to come? We'll find out your name when you come. Number three, Steve. What's your name? Alexis. Alexis. Can you hold that and treat it like an ice cream without actually licking it? <laughs> Have you a special friend? Yes. Yes. And what's that person's name? Amelia. Amelia. Good. Do you enjoy doing things together? Yes. Yes. What do you like most about your friend Amelia? She plays with me. She plays with you. She spends time with you. Very good. Um, how does it make you feel when you enjoy time together? Good. Good. That's really good. That's cool. Thanks, Alexis. Quite a brief interview, but you pick up the, the value and the significance and the influence of friendship just from a few brief words. Choice of friends is so important. Kids, there may be times when your parents voice concern about a friend you might be hanging out with. That might be quite hard to accept, but they may observe something that may not be in the best of your interests. It might be hard for you to understand. In Proverbs 18 verse 24, there are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Someone who is trustworthy, loyal, honest, has your best interest at heart. Those are the positive attributes of friendship. There are, can be negative ones. You don't want a friend who's going to gossip about you or weaken your knowledge of right and wrong. You don't want a friend who's not there when you need them or someone who's always wanting something from you. Friendship works both ways. Loyalty, honesty, has your back covered? Is Jesus the captain of your friendships? Thanks, um, Caleb. Good work. I'll just summarise. Is Jesus the captain of your work? Does he carry significant influence? Is the Spirit of God working in your life, maybe even encouraging you to believe? Maybe say yes to Jesus for the first time. I haven't read it in the Bible, any age 
barrier for children to say yes to Jesus and acknowledge him as their Lord and Saviour and say, Jesus, you can be the captain of my life. I want you to be number one in my life. Is Jesus the captain of all we do as a church? Is he the centre of our programmes and activities? Managing our money, are God's principles and guidelines paramount? Is there a discipline you need to exercise concerning your resources? Phones and devices, do these things control you or do you control them? Are they in their rightful place? You shall have no other gods beside me. Friends, the people we spend the most time with have the greatest influence in our lives. Maybe there's friendships that need working on, healing, restoration. Maybe God is calling you to nurture a new friendship on his behalf. Someone that may need encouragement or helping in their life's journey. <clears throat> Uh, Myra and the team are going to come and lead us in another song that really expresses the desire for Jesus to be the centre, for Jesus to be the captain of all that we do. The two captains here were influencing their teams and pulling them one way. Is Jesus the captain of your life saying, come this way, this is the way for you to walk, walk in it, follow me? There's a, there's a space right here and, and the backdrop of this space is not the flowers, it's, it's not Josh, sorry Josh, but, but it's the cross. The backdrop of this space is the cross. And in that cross is our salvation, our restoration, our healing, our redemption. The word redeem means to buy back. That happened at the cross. If there is anyone here who would like to say yes to Jesus for the first time, come and spend time in this place. And I know someone will come and pray with you. Someone who knows exactly what to do in that space will come and pray with you. If there is people that, um, anyone that wants to spend time with God and sort out a priority in life, or seek God about the restoration of a friendship or the growth of a new one, or ask God for help in managing your devices or your resources. As we sing, if God is speaking to you, allow him to work in your heart and respond if he is calling you to do so. Thanks, Maya.